Thank you. Before, before we start, uh, I want to uh, actually bring Brett and Natasha up to pray for you guys. Come, can you guys come up here? We're going to pray for your business launch. This dude is getting ready to go into the restaurant industry. Because that's where God's called him and gifted him and blessed him. It's been on his heart for a long time. And they just moved here. Where'd you move from? California. This has been in their heart all this time. And I talked to him this morning because instead of going for a regular job, he's going to go for what God put in his heart all this time. He said, they both said, well, we're already free-falling by moving across the country like God called us to. So we're just going to let go and just go for what God wants completely. So let's pray as they step out in faith. And just believe with them, right? Because we're a family, right? If they're taking a, a launch and they're taking a risk and they're jumping out in faith, right? We're all believing for them and that God will bring blessing. So just extend your hands towards them. Father, we just pray right now, Lord, over this restaurant. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what it's going to do and what it's going to be in the community. Lord, we thank you for their faith, God. Your word says without faith it is impossible to please you. And so, Lord, we know, God, that faith pleases you. Lord, we don't, Lord, receive fear. Lord, we don't receive, Lord, uh, looking back. God, we receive, God, going forward in faith and believing, Lord, that you are going to make their way straight, that you're going to bring favor, that you're going to bring prosperity to this business, Lord, that you're going to make them influential in the community, God. Lord, that all of the things that are in their heart, Lord, regarding this business, Lord, and how you want to use it, Lord, and work through it, God, we just pray right now, God, by your spirit, Lord, that these things will come to pass. Father, Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. So, you know, God's put dreams in all of our hearts, and God puts things in there, and sometimes we fight them our whole life thinking, man, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Look, you only live one time. You only live one time, okay? Get out of the boat. Just get out of the boat. Don't wait for a better time. You know, the Bible says that some people watch the wind, right, and then they never sow. Right? They're always watching. Is it ready? Is it time? Is it ready? Is it time? And then the next thing you know, it's over. And so I don't know who else needs to hear that, but just, you know what? Get out of the boat. God's with you. You know, if you believe that God's for you, not against you, and you believe that God's going to cause you to, your way to prosper, maybe it's a ministry, maybe it's a business, maybe it's something else. But you know what? Just go. Trust God. Go. You know, that's why he keeps stirring you for that over and over and over again. It's because he actually wants you to do it, and he's with you to do it. Amen. All right, let's jump in the word. Father, we just pray right now as we get into uh, your word, God, that you will, Lord, help us to uh, understand it in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit, Lord, not just to, to just get it in our mind only, but Lord, get it in our life. Lord, that's what we want. God, we want to bear fruit, Lord, and be doers of the word, not hearers only. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, today we're talking about God help us all. Anybody ever feel like that? You just feel like, oh, you look, you turn on the news, you do all these things, and you're just like, oh, God help us. God help us all. We are in trouble, right? Whether it's, you know, I put on, I put on our post, I said, you got the four Ps, right? Poverty, politics, pandemics, and if those don't get you, there's always people, right? Because they're in a world full of people. There's always something, it seems like, to just cause us to go, God, I need a better time, a better day, a better situation. Lord, help me. What's coming tomorrow? What's, what's coming in the next day? It'll be better than today. And we get those feelings and we're just asking God, Lord, help, Lord, help. It's funny that at 2020, everybody's talking about we're going to celebrate just because the year's over. And in Texas, the year's over and then boom, ice storm. Welcome to 2021, right? 
And so we're always looking for this thing and waiting for God's intervention to happen. And we're just waiting or praying, God, do something. God, do something. God, come. God, help. Do you know that Jesus came, that Jesus lived, that Jesus died, that Jesus rose again, and then he went back to heaven, and there's still people that are saying, man, I wish that he would come. I wish that the Savior would come. I wish that God would do something because they don't understand or receive that he even came. So oftentimes God brings intervention or he's right on the threshold of intervention and we think so, we're, we're so consumed in looking for him to show up that we miss him or we miss the opportunity that he's trying to bring into our lives. So that's what we're going to get into today. Matthew 14, verses 13 to 14 says, When Jesus heard about John, he withdrew. His, his friend John, John the Baptist, his relative died, was beheaded. And he heard about that. So this is really a moment of grieving. He draws away from the crowd where he'd been performing all these miracles. And it says he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. So pause. This wasn't part of my message, but pause. If you've lost a loved one or you have a reason to grieve, it's okay. Okay? You don't need anything else in this verse. Jesus himself, God in the flesh, lost a loved one. And he was in the middle of very important things. He was healing the sick. He was doing all these things, proclaiming the good news of the gospel. The most, he came from heaven to do that. All, all eternity had been waiting for this moment to happen. And he pauses in the middle of it because he lost a loved one. It says he drew away to a, to a private place. Okay, so if you have a reason to grieve, it's okay. It doesn't make you not a faith person. It doesn't make you not a Christian. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It just means that you have compassion and empathy and you really love people. Okay, so that was a side note. So let's move on. It says, but the crowds found out about it, and they followed him on foot from the town. So he tried to get away, and the, and the crowd just kept, kept coming after him and kept following him. It says, when he stepped ashore and he saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. So he starts to perform miracles again. Verse 15, it says, when evening came, the disciples came to him, and they said, this is a desolate place. And the hour is already late. Dismiss the crowd so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Okay, so he's saying, do you know what? All of these people are hungry. All of these people have needs. We're in a tough situation, and we don't know how to fix this. So you need to send these people away. Okay, a problem was identified. A situation was identified. And the people's response was what? God help us. We can't do this. We need to send them away. So they go to Jesus. We don't know what to do. Something's got to happen. Get, at, get it out of here. We can't solve this problem. We can't deal with this. This is too much. And so that's where they're at. They, they can't do anything about it. Here's Jesus' answer. They do not need to go away. Jesus replied, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. So they come to Jesus, right? And think of this as like real-time prayer, in person, face-to-face. -face. Not on Zoom. We're not praying to heaven and God's up there and we're down here. You know, spiritual Zoom. But face-to-face. -face, they're here with God in the same spot, in the same space. So it's really prayer. They're talking to God. And they're saying, you know what? We don't know what to do. Send these people away. We need some help. And his answer to them is really simple. You give them something to eat. How many times have you been praying for something and asking God about something that you see around you, that you know that they need somebody to help, somebody to do something, somebody to give something, and you're like, God, when are you going to do something? You know, sometimes the message back from God is one we don't want to hear, and so we don't even hear it because we, we tune it out 
And the message is, you know what? You do something about it. You do it. Go for it. Now, here's the problem. God tells us to do something about it. But we don't know how, and we don't have what it takes. Say, man, there's all these kids, and they don't have anybody to care for them, and they're getting left in foster care, and the parents are leaving them behind, and people have drug addiction. Somebody needs to do something about all this. God, help us all. Well, you do something about it. I don't know anything about that stuff. These guys weren't bakers. These guys didn't have a restaurant. You had tax collectors and doctors and fishermen and people like that, and they're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no store by. There's no Bush's chicken. He said, what do we do? He says, give them something to eat. They're looking around like we don't have anything. Does God need you to have something in order to work through you? Is this a natural God or a supernatural God? This is a supernatural God. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He made everything out of nothing. If God calls you to do something, God puts something in front of you that you see there's a need, and i got to do something about this. Man, our society needs believers who will do more than complain about the state of our society. Our society needs believers that will see a problem and step into the problem and say, you know, I need to help with that. Our society needs believers who, you know, if you're, that would take it and say not just a pro-life position, but a sacrificial life position. That would say, I'm not only pro-life, but I'll sacrifice by opening my home to a child in need. Well, that shouldn't be my responsibility. Well, guess what? It's not your responsibility, but it's your calling because you're a Christian. It's your calling to open your doors, open your home to love people. That person has a need. They can't stay in their home. They need somebody to come alongside, help them with their finances, teach them. But that's not my job. It's not my problem. It sounds a lot like when they talked about the Good Samaritan and Jesus is telling them to love your neighbor and they say, well, which one's our neighbor? That's not my problem. That's not my neighbor. And Jesus is telling them, well, the one that's in need is your neighbor. The one that you saw that needed help. That's the one that you're supposed to help. But I don't have what it takes to do anything with that. Okay, well, here's a little bit of a problem, a theological problem there. Do we believe that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit lives within us? What more do we need? Do we believe that? Because if we believe that, then we believe that the God of the universe that created everything, that he has sent his Holy Spirit, that he actually lives in us. The Bible says we have this treasure, this treasure in earthen vessels, that God actually lives inside of our heart, that he's here, that he speaks to us, that he motivates us, that he moves in us. The Bible says that he wills, that he works in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. So he actually moves and works in our life to, to live in his ways. And we're saying we have all of that. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you and in me. If we believe that, then how can we ever look at a situation and say, I don't have what it takes. I don't have enough for that. I can't do anything about that. Somebody else does. Somebody with more training, more ability, more virtue, more strength that's better looking. I don't know. Somebody else needs to do that. And yet we claim at the same time to say, you know what, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that same powerful, eternal spirit of God that did that lives in me. How does that work? He either does or he doesn't. 
And if he does, then it doesn't matter if you had a good upbringing. It doesn't matter if you were raised by good parents. It doesn't matter if you're single. It doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. You have the same spirit. He apportioned it to every person. You have the same spirit working in you that I do. It doesn't matter that I'm a pastor. I have the same spirit working in me that some multi-campus national pastor, well, they would have to do it. They're bigger than us. No, do you know what? When the needs come, I look at the one in front of me and say, Lord, how can I touch this? How can I meet this? How can I go after this? And so we say, God, help us all. God is oftentimes looking down and saying, why don't you all help y'all? I gave it to you. Do it. Go after it. Well, I'm busy. Well, that's part of the Christian life is balancing out the busy to find time to do what's divine and important. What God needs done. So he says, you give them something to eat. Now, here's the process. What happens? Matthew 14, 16. He says, we have here, they went around, gathered food. He says, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. So I brought some, I brought some stuff up today. And here's two loaves of bread. Okay, I got this bread at H-E-B. Okay, it's fresh. Got it this morning. Smells good. Very good bread. Okay. And he had just a, just, just a handful of loaves, and there was thousands of people there. Okay. So they went and found what they had. Right? Because we have to do something, right? Well, it's great. God's spirit's in us, but there's got to be something. I mean, we can't just wave our hands and say, be full. Right? It's got to be something. I've got to do something practical. So they went and got the food that they could get. And they gathered. But is five loaves still enough to feed all those people? It's not. It's not in the natural. Right? So then what do they do? They take what they find. They take what they gather. They make an assessment of what they have available to them. And then they go to God. And they say, God, this is all I got. This is all I've got. Now what? If you want me to reach into this need, if you want me to help this, this is all I have. So forget it. Throw it down walk away, right? That's not what happened. What they did is they took it to him, and then Jesus now takes it into his hands, and he does something to bless it. Okay, so we'll read through this. He said, this is all we have, Matthew 14, 18 to 19. He says, bring them here to me, right? So we take what we have. We take it to him and say, Lord, this is what I have. I have one room in my house. There's a million people out there that are struggling. I drive by 100 tents downtown. I, I drive by this. I only have $10, Lord. I don't have enough to really help anybody. People have bigger needs than that. That person needs their rent paid, Lord. I only have $5 in my pocket. What difference does that make? Do you know sometimes all people need in order to get over the hump is encouragement? Man, I owe $1,500 on my rent, and I was discouraged and in the dumps, and I got nowhere. And some guy walked up and says, you know, I don't have much, but I got $5. Can I give you the $5 and pray that God will take care of you? Because I'm with you. If I had more, I'd give it to you. And that person who was desperate and didn't think that God even saw them walks out the door thinking, what? Oh, that was only five bucks. My experience is they walk out the door thinking, God saw me. God cares about me. God's going to help me. And that little bit gives them the faith to move on. And sometimes we look and we say, well, this is all I have, so this doesn't matter. But we give it to God and then check out the next step. Okay, God blesses it. He takes the loaves and the two fish and he looks up to heaven and he spoke a blessing. So God blesses what we bring. 
We bring it to him, and he said, boom, I'm going to bless that. I'm going to do something with that. Matthew 14, 19 to 21, it says, Then he broke the loaves, and he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. It says, They all ate, and they were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 5,000 men were fed, in addition to women and children. There was food for everybody. But the process here was that they identified a need. The need was too big for them, so what did they do? They ran to God, and they said, God, help us. And he said, you do it. So then they started to look around to see what we have available to do something with. Take the storm. We have an ice storm. This whole place, everybody lost their water. They lost their food. They couldn't shower. They do all that stuff. And so it's like, go in prayer. God, help this place. Help this city. People need help. God says, you do something. And look around and say, well, we don't have much. We have one shower. We got well water, right? What do we have? He says, you know what? I'm going to bless it. Just use it. Next thing you know, we're distributing water to nursing homes, and people are bringing big jugs, and we're filling them up, and there's food going out to nursing homes of people that didn't have the money to go out, and kind of the low-income low nursing homes, they didn't have the money to keep their stuff going or bring in the water. We have people coming in and showering every day. All these things are happening because it was, God, help us. And then stepping and looking at it and saying, Lord, this is what we got. What do we do with it? Just put it out there and let me bless it. And then put it out. And then God begins to do something with it. God begins to grow something with it. And that's what God calls us to do. But here's a key that we have to look at is who's our source? Who do we take our problems to? Who do we take our issues to? Because Jesus put a blessing on it. But if we take it somewhere else, we may wind up not with a blessing on it, but we may end up with a curse on it. We may end up with just the negativity and all of those things on it. You take that bread to the wrong person, right? This is all I have. Well, that ain't enough. Yeah, you're right. Send them away. There's no hope. But when you take it to God and you take it to his word and you say, Lord, this is what it is. Now, this isn't just about food. What about finances? What about politics? What about pandemics? What about people? What about all these things? Lord, none of this works. Everything's a mess. All this chaos is going on. So I'm going to take it just to another politician. They're going to solve everything. Well, that's been working really well. From cycle to cycle to cycle to cycle, from this side to that side, from this side to that. About every four to eight years, somebody gets really, the whole country gets really frustrated with the people that were there, and those ones go out, and someone new comes in because they're going to save everybody. And we take those things and we keep taking them and they come back. We turn on the news. I'm going to get my hope. I'm going to get my, my, my idea of what's happening, how to fix things by flipping that news on, right? And we take all of our problems and we're going to watch the news and see, do they have a solution today? Here's the thing. The news doesn't get paid to bring solutions. That's not what brings ratings. They get paid for ratings and problems bring ratings. So when you go, man, I'm just going to see if there's any hope and see if the news is going to bring some answers to the problems they had yesterday. Guess what? They just bring the same problems and then when those problems are over, they bring the next ones. And so you bring your bread and say, hey, can you, uh, and you walk away thinking, oh, this is just garbage. This whole thing's garbage. And we go to all these sources looking for what we have to be empowered, to be blessed so something can change, so the world can change, so we can do something. We're like, and it doesn't work out. It doesn't turn out that way. So who, who here likes Pop-Tarts? I have any Pop-Tart fans? Yeah. All right, I'm going to mix this up. 
I'm going to get... Okay, keep your hand up. All right, I'm going to get Cammy and Adelie, because I had boys last time. Come on up. And I need one more. Who over here likes Pop-Tarts? Sabrina, come on. I'm doing all, this is an all-girls zone. We're breaking all the glass ceilings of Pop-Tart freedom right now. <laughs> Making this happen. All right, now you're going to have to do something. Come stand up here right here. Okay, just stand right behind me. Okay, break off a piece of bread. You saw it came right out of the bag. This is fresh. This is from H-E-B, okay? This is wonderful. There you go. Okay, you all have bread. You took little pieces. The guys would have took half of these loaves, but we'll start there. Okay, so I'm going to have you do this. Is a, close your eyes. Don't oh, close your eyes. Okay, you can't look, okay? I just want you to do this, okay? Close your eyes. Okay, you can open it now. Just hold that. Hold that. You don't even know what it is. 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 Okay, ready? Okay. You can open your eyes now. Okay, on the count of three, this is all you can do. You just have to dip your bread in there. Okay? And then eat that. And then I'm just going to ask you a couple questions about it. It's a good, yum, mmm, delicious. Oh, so good. Mm, how's that? Come on, finish it up. Clean that bowl out. Clean it out. You got it. You got it, Cammy. That's looking good. One more big scoop. That's delicious. One more. You volunteer. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it wholeheartedly. It's under the Lord. You got to get it all in. There you go. You're at church. You got to obey the scripture. One big, there you go. Wow, that was awesome. Okay, stop. Don't go anywhere. Can we throw me that mic right there? Because I'm going to, I want. Okay, what did, what did you, what did you taste? Soy sauce. Any soy sauce fans here? Nice. So soy sauce. <laughs> throw up. Mayonnaise. Mmm, <laughs> I love that bowl of mayonnaise. Mustard. Okay, mustard. Okay. Uh, that wasn't the Pop-Tart thing, so you guys can sit down. The Pop-Tarts are actually for somebody else. Um, no, I'm just joking. You can set those on the ground. But this is, this is to wash that nasty taste out here. Give one to Adelie. This is to not wash that nasty taste out of your mouth. So, so what's the point of that? Here's the point. I asked all three of them what they tasted, right? What did they say they tasted? They soy sauce? Mayonnaise? Right? Nothing like a good bowl of mayonnaise. Mm. And mustard. Okay? Did any of them say that they tasted bread? No. They didn't, did they? Okay, so here's the question. When God sends us to help people, if we are constantly taking ourselves and dipping ourselves and and immersing ourselves into some other source, and then we're going back to people to give them our thoughts, our advice, our help, or whatever, right? How much God are they still getting out of that? Or how much of other are we distributing to them? So for example, is the news a very different 
perspective and voice than God's word. Okay? Our politicians have a very different perspective and a very different uh, position than God's spirit and Jesus. Right? Is our entertainment pretty significantly different, potentially, than what God's word would tell us? Are our friends sometimes, as we go to people, hey, I'm going through this, or we're going through that, and people are blasting all these ideas and thoughts, right? Social media, different. Culture, movie stars, superstars, all these things. A different voice, a different way. Now, is everything that comes from those things bad? No. But as a believer, are you sharing more of the actual bread of life? Because that's what bread represents in the Bible, right? Is Jesus, the Word of God. Are you sharing more of that to solve people's hunger and problems? Or are we sharing more of what we are regurgitating from the news or from social media or from politics or from whatever the case might be? And by the time that we process through everything else that we're watching and doing and then we go talk to somebody, is there a lot more mustard or a lot more mayonnaise on our words than the bread of life? Because when you look at God's word... And you look at how he does things. It is so significantly different than the world's. And it brings real peace. And it brings real love. And it brings real joy. But I watched all of these things. And I got together with this person. They told me, man, I'm struggling. Man, God help us all. Everything's bad. I said, yeah, if we could just get this other person in office or pass this or do that, then we'd all be saved. Okay, well, whoop. I'm a believer. I believe that God never leaves me or forsakes me, right? I believe I don't have to worry. I believe that I don't have to be anxious. I believe that I can have the peace of God that surpasses understanding. I believe that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I believe believe all these things. But if my mind is immersed over here, then this becomes what I talk about the most. And God's looking down and saying, man, you've got... I'm giving you good bread. If you just get in my word, if you spend time in prayer, if you, I'm giving you good bread. If you would take this to people, man, things would change. They would find freedom. They would find peace. They would get out of that situation. I could bring conviction because faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God, by the bread of life, by Jesus. It comes through his word. It comes through him. They're both represented in the Bible by bread. That's where faith comes from. I know, but it doesn't make any sense if I tell them that. The words of Jesus didn't really make sense for the situation. I need to add some stuff to it so that it will sound more palatable. I need to add my opinion or the opinion of this person or that podcast. I need to add all of this before I send it over because otherwise it just won't actually solve the problem. But God's saying, no, my word and my way is the answer. And as believers, the more crazy that things are, the more wild things are in social media and everywhere else and all the things going on in school and in work and in the community and all that stuff, the temptation will be to just amp up more and more and throw lots of stuff at the problems. 
But we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in us. We have the gospel. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Paul says that I preach this. I preach just the foolishness of the cross. This is what I preach. Why? Because it is the answer. It was the answer. It is the answer. And it will be the answer. Well, I know, but they're not very good. Jesus said there's no one righteous. There's no one that seeks to do good. Present company included. That outside of God's grace and God's love and God's mercy, that we're all in the same boat. But that he comes by his grace to work in our life, to change us, that we become born again. We enter into the kingdom of God. And if our solution has too many other things piled on it, people lose the truth in the midst of everything else. And we say, well, what are you hearing? Well, I'm just hearing good advice on how to handle my situation. I'm just tasting the mustard. And I like mustard, so it feels good. But it's not the mustard that actually brings the fullness. It's not the mustard that brings the truth. It's the word. So we as believers have to be committed to getting into God's word to actually reading what Jesus said, reading what the Bible talks about, being in prayer and receiving from God so that as we go out, we're answering people with things that actually bring life and bring faith, not just regurgitating other things. This is important. So I have one more example for this. And this is basically the process I think that we really need to look at as we are in a society that needs and increasingly needs solutions. That increasingly needs to, well, we need people to love each other. Well, what, what greater love is there than Jesus laying down his life, an example to follow? That's what we have to share. That's what real love looks like. So we have those answers. So looking at this, there's a, if you consider yourself... That this is you, right? The Bible says to guard your heart, for out of it spring the issues of life, right? Everything comes out of your heart. So we guard what comes in it because then life comes out of that, right? And also out of the abundance of the mouth, right, the heart speaks. So our heart speaks through our words. So in other words, everything's coming out of here, and we have to guard what comes in so that when it comes out, it's what should come out that's beneficial, that's uplifting, encouraging, that brings life, that's truth. That's what's supposed to come out. Okay, well... If we take that as who we are, we're basically, really, the Bible's describing us not as people who create from nothing, but really as people who are conduits of something, right? Because it comes into our heart, and then what? It comes out of our mouth. So we're not making it. We're actually receiving it, and we're passing it through, okay? That's how it's describing us, okay? So if this is... If this is God help us all, culture, our friends, our family, our neighborhood. And we come, we say, you know what, I want to bring solutions there. Then where we align ourselves will determine the solutions that come through us. Where we align ourselves with our thinking, what we're watching, what we're listening to, where we're taking our problems to, our issues to, what we're meditating on, that's coming in and that's what's going to come out. Okay, so if I take that as an example, I come over here, I'm lined up with this, right? This is some red Powerade, right? I got problems, issues, the world needs some help, my friend needs some help, my family needs some help. So I'm going to all these sources, right? And all it's going to do is just come in and go through. That's all it does. And there's no way around that. It comes in and then that's, it's going to pass through. And the same thing that you're plugged into is the same thing that you're going to share. 
on how to solve the solutions. And it's just as simple as if I change what I line up to, I don't have to do anything more miraculous. I don't have to do anything more crazy. I don't have to go and do... It's just that simple. Something different comes through. It's that easy. If we line ourselves up to God and we get in alignment with his word and we get in alignment with his spirit and we get in prayer, we're like, Lord, what is your solution? Lord, I'm bringing these things to you. And we put ourselves in alignment. We actually line up to that. Guess what's going to happen? You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to have graduated Bible college. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be any certain thing except for aligned with the king. Be aligned with God. Be in direction with him and in communion with him. And as you are, then you turn around and you meet somebody and they have a need. And guess what's going to flow through you is what the Bible talks about, which is rivers of living water. His wisdom, his spirit, his counsel, his encouragement, his faith is going to flow through you. But if you disconnect or you don't stay connected and you're turning around connecting to everything else, the person brings up the problem, and the next thing you know, you just spent 30 minutes talking to them about how bad everything is going to be. Then you walk away and you're like, man, I probably should have said something that was more faith, more uplifting, more building. Why didn't I? Well, guard your heart. Because out of it come the issues of life. They just flow from there. And so it's about how we align ourselves. So the process that I would say here is God help us all. His intervention is closer than you think because his intervention is in the mirror. It's in the mirror. And it's next to you. He's with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He goes before us. This is what the Bible talks about. We read it all through, that he's there. Now, the times that we wait upon the Lord and we're waiting for him, there is. But we oftentimes, in our own fears, anxieties, and things like that, if you read the stories of the Bible, people are going slower and God's moving, trying to get them to engage and go do stuff. They're hiding out. They're stuttering and trying to stammer and walk away. They're doing all these things. God's like, just come on, we're going to do this. God's put in each of us an ability to meet the need of the moment to touch lives around us. That's what he's called us to do. So what we need to do is, number one, assess the need. Not every need, but the need that's in front of you, what God's calling you to do, what God keeps putting on your heart. Man, I keep struggling here. This really bothers me. Okay, if that really bothers you, guess what? There's probably a reason. God's given you a heart for that. What can you do about it? And then get in alignment with God, start spending time in the Word, start spending time in prayer and saying, Lord, what? this is all I have. I don't have any more than this. How can you bless this? How can you help me? How can you connect in this? What can we do? And as God begins to speak to you, then out of that alignment, you'll find yourself working in the assignment that he's given you. It just begins to flow through. It's natural. It's easy. That's why he says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Because it doesn't come out of effort or out of just mental gymnastics. It comes out of seeing something and going and saying, God, he resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. God, I don't know how to handle this, but this is it. What can we do? This is all I've got. God says, well, use it this way. Boom. He blesses it, and all of a sudden we find ourselves touching people. And he works that way. God has a, a purpose. Every person in here, God has a purpose for. There's a position. There's a spot on the wall to be working 
There's something to be doing in your work. I'm not talking about, oh, you got to find a place at the church to come do something every day. Where God's put you, there's people, there's a circle around you at that daycare or at that job or, or at that school, at that restaurant, whatever it is. God's put you there. And as we bring the needs that we see to God, we say, God, I need, I need you to bless this. And we get in alignment, God will begin to plug us into what that assignment is, and we begin to see things happen. And it's one at a time, a person at a time. God doesn't wave a wand, and all of a sudden, the whole, oh, boy, everything's getting better. He works through people. That's what he does. He calls people, he blesses people, he anoints people, and he leads them to touch the needs around him. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just pray, God, for our church, Lord, as we are in times, Lord, that uh, for all different reasons, God, they're not necessarily worse than other times, Lord. They're different than other times. They're our time. Lord, help us to have the courage and the boldness and the faith, God, to plug into you, Lord, into your word, God, to get in alignment with you, Father, to allow your faith, your word, God, the things that you've spoken the truths that you've spoken, God, to so saturate our own heart, so saturate our own mind that as we, as we turn around to address the needs around us, to give counsel, to encourage a friend, to talk to that coworker, Lord, whatever it might be, to take someone in our home. But Lord, as we turn around and we connect, God, let your words and your spirit and your truth and your faith and your love and your hope, God, flow through us. Your solutions, God. Let them flow through us, Lord, to the world around us, God. We don't need to dress them up and make up our own or try to improve them, God. They are unimprovable. Lord, they are truth, and so we thank you for it. God, I pray you'd bless everybody here, Lord, as we go out, Lord, this week. God, I pray you'd open up, Father, some opportunities, Lord, to be your hands and feet. Lord, that we would lift our eyes, Lord, and put our eyes on you and allow you to direct our steps. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, we do have uh, some snacks, coffee, and stuff like that over there. Stick around, make some friends. Okay, church is not just a theater show, right? And it's not just even getting a good word to encourage you. It is family. It is connection. So stick around.